0: commit to another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing. Alongside me, as always, Dominic Jose Pozonio. Dom, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's, uh feels like it's been a quiet week, but at the same time, there's a lot to a lot to talk about today.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, speculation, a lot of up in the air, a lot. Of, we're in the, the very tense, part of some potential signings or potential heartbreak uh as far as uh, minnesota united goes um so not a lot you know confirmed but definitely a lot of uh juicy stuff for us to talk about on that front so we will get to that in just a minute but first of course got to let you know we're presented by our good friends over at stimulus athletic this is episode 75 we have reached the big seven five here on 10K. Thank you all so much for the continued support. Really appreciate it. If you haven't uh, hit that subscribe button on the podcast, please do wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter at 10K Pitches. Um, we're very, very active on the Twitter machine. So go ahead and hit us up there. Um, if you have not given us a follow quite yet, put some entertaining content out on the socials. Um, also, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, it was a good one. It was a very forward Madison-centric episode. Had Rob Chapel, my co-host on the Talk and Flock podcast. He also writes for Madison 365. Had him on to recap some of the uh, uh, main off-season storylines for the Mingos. It's been a very busy off for them. And then we also talked to their new assistant coach, John Pascarella. And if that name sounds familiar, he obviously was the goalkeepers coach for Minnesota United back in 2018. Now he's an assistant with the Mingo's. So a really good conversation with him on last week's episode. Um, and if you're really into forward Madison and you want more on forward Madison, Rob and I had a chat with their COO Connor Kaloya on all of the off season storylines on this week's episode, this week's bonus episode of talk and flock. So go check that out if you are interested in forward Madison, but without further ado, Let's go ahead and jump in to all the content we have to talk about this week on 10K. And it kicks off with a former Minnesota United striker who may be returning to the loons. Now, we're not talking about Umbu Dunladi; We are talking about one, Luis Amaria. There, this has been quite the saga, Dom, as yep. um reports from both the Pioneer Press and the Star Tribune just about a week ago. Suggested that an announcement was actually imminent that Amaria was coming back to Minnesota United. And there's been sort of a twist to the story as earlier this week, I believe, uh, over the weekend actually, it came out that uh, Amaria was all but done with a deal to head to Club de Nacional in um, Uruguay. And yesterday, or excuse me, Tuesday of this week, it comes out and it's reported that he that that deal is dead and that his main goal is to come back to the MLS and come back to Minnesota but Dom I was doing some more digging and there are so there are a ton of like South African reports, or excuse me South American reports on this excuse (laughs) me um on this uh on saga there are multiple reporters in South America in Paraguay in Uruguay talking about this but depending on who you follow and who you read this deal is going in two totally different directions. There was one I saw that said they they're at they're at the finish line with the Uruguayan club, and then another one says that deal is dead and he's coming back to Minnesota. Now I will say, MN UFC Insider, um, who is usually very very accurate on Minnesota United news, has come out and said that a deal is very close to being done between Maria and Minnesota United. Now with his history and being right or this this individual's history in being right about this stuff um I will take that at face value but at the same time this has taken so many different twists and turns who knows where it's going to be and we talked off air Dom this could be done in either direction by the time this episode airs so this conversation could be moot at this point but at the same time it's just it's it's very interesting um and I think obviously he is somebody who Minnesota United supporters would love to have back in the black and blue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It would be it'd be very interesting to have him back. Of course, um when he arrived, particularly that period uh, pre uh, well, I don't know if all of it necessarily was pre-COVID, but pre-shutdown, uh, pre MLS's back tournament. He had a really good start to the to the yeah, his did. time at the club. Yeah. And, and then through the rest of the year, there were some issues with injuries, if I recall, and, and the consistency was not the same. But but overall, it certainly was a, a good uh, first year. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, he did not come back. Uh, I'm sure many people w- would like to have him back uh, to what is becoming a, a very full uh, armory of forwards. <laughs> um, yes, but uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, it, it is noticeable.
0: Um, yeah, we're so compensating. Dom. We're yeah. Compensating for the for the last three years
1: yeah which is you know nice of them to you know do that uh but uh yeah to to your original point about all the rumors and all that yeah obviously it's hard to to navigate all of that to to find exactly what the kernel of truth is there might be truth to both sides of it you know it's very possible that his uh his camp is making good progress with both offers uh and that you know there it's it's a, a time game or a a waiting day. Or so, you've you know, got
0: a well, damn good agent playing both yeah. sides against each other, trying to drive up the price tag. Absolutely, that could be I, another thing.
1: Absolutely, I would not be surprised. I mean, that's technically his job to do that. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, certainly, certainly a factor. And you know, for what it's worth, uh, whichever way it plays out, as long as he goes to one of them, it's a pretty good deal for for Amaria. Uh, you know, uh, Nacional is a, 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 a what, uh, arguably the biggest side in, in Uruguay. Uh, maybe uh, Penarol is also a very big club there, but uh, it's a big side even in South America. So you know, certainly not a bad uh, place for him to land. Uh, I think that would be his fourth South American country he's played club football in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, coming back to Minnesota and and all the positives that come with playing in MLS, uh, and certainly for a team that is more or less in a good place, uh, that could also be a, a huge moment for for his career. So. Yeah, he's got a lot to to a lot of options to weigh. He also has his his uh, viability with the national with his national team also to to worry about, and you know, all that on his plate. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and as you said, it could easily happen the moment we stop recording this episode. But uh, yeah, either way, it'll probably be a very interesting year for him.
0: I will say that um, I can't believe I forgot to say this in the early going. We're actually talking with a member of Minnesota United. A little bit later on in the show their social media guru mike shields i mentioned uh uh mistakenly south africa <laughs> a little bit earlier well there has been a in an, a an takeover of minnesota united's facebook page by the country of south africa after the signing of banga kuli uh earlier a few weeks back since then south african fan supporters of his have been just just flooding into the facebook page into the facebook comment sections just just talking about Huang Wan'e and making all these uh you know funny in jest sort of declarations about him that he's you know scored eight he once scored 87 goals in the season and holds like four different golden boot honors in one year and like all this kind of stuff so very very funny very very cool very um i think kind of like I wouldn't say heartwarming but it's kind of a positive story it's kind of a feel-good type story you know there's a lot of negativity on social media these days so to see something like that is kind of cool so uh, we're going to talk to mike social media guy about fielding all those comments and all those replies um and just kind of what it's like behind the scenes of social media for minnesota united so that is coming up a little bit later on the show i apologize for not mentioning that in the early going But back to the amaria uh yes this could be very well be done and dusted either way by the time this episode airs but Let's just sort of cross our fingers, knock on wood here, and hope that either by the time this episode airs, he has signed with Minnesota United, or it's still up in the air. So we can run with this potential hypothetical, Dom. Yeah. If Amaria does sign in the dotted line and does return to Minnesota United this season, who is your starting number nine? Is it Adrian Unu, or is it Luis Amaria?
1: Oh boy. Uh, well, you know part of the problem here of course is that i imagine that the the um the depth of the preseason will not be ideal just given obviously mm-hmm. the restrictions that still uh exist which would be you know the moment that you would want to sort of figure that question out if you're Adrian Heath um mm-hmm. yeah you know i don't know if i uh can pick only because Unu certainly at times uh, has been fantastic, but maybe not at times also. Yeah. Uh, and and Amaria also had hot and cold moments. Of course, he's been out of MLS a little bit for a little bit now, but he was still playing, uh, you know, competitive levels um, uh, in Ecuador and then in the Libertadores. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, ah. Uh, I think probably what Heath would have to do would go with Unu because that's the guy that the you know the rest of that front group has been used to playing with for the last year. But I mm-hmm. certainly would be very curious about how long he can hold that spot.
0: Uh The lease should be short. I am I'm, I'm with you Dom. I think it'd be Unu. But the lease should be very short. Yeah. um we, we've seen Unu have have glimpses of brilliance last year we saw him have some really rough stretches and if you have a rough stretch with a guy like Luis and maria nipping at your heels yeah and they're on the bench as an option for adrian heath uh you know uh the tide might might turn on maria's yeah. way there But again this is all hypothetical right. nothing's been signed sealed and delivered as of yet as of this record the recording of this episode right but
1: and then, of course, you have all these other just as a as another factor with that conversation is you have all these other guys now that can also play up front. You have your lords, you have your Denladies, you have all these kind of these guys that aren't necessarily number nines, but they have shown that they're capable of slotting in there. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting tensions around that position for this season. Four four two. There you Why go. Not? Or not? take it back to like the 1950s. Uh, just play like five people
0: up front. Three, five, two, yeah, four or five people up front. You know <laughs> that works. That works. All in, all in. Why not? Um, all in on the attack. We'll have a lot of six, five, five, four score lines, but that'll there make it go. entertaining for sure. <laughs> so uh, more to come on the Amaria front, I'm sure, and probably before this episode airs. So our apologies if that is the case. Um, some other Minnesota United news that doesn't necessarily have to do with uh, signings or anything, but players have been arriving this week for preseason training. Uh, Ameno Reynoso has, uh, you know, is one of those players that is now in Blaine, in, uh, in you know, in the facility, ready to go for 2022. Um, and they have a new tagline this year, Dom. It's, uh, Minnesota Black and Blue, which is so much better than last year's Lunasota tag. Um, I was gifted one of those, you know, the free yard signs that you get. Oh, um. Yeah, I, I did not put it up because <laughs> it said Luna soda on it. And I was, I, I don't know. I just was not a fan, but uh, I like this new tagline. And also it kind of, they kind of teased in that video, a new kit and the hope and people were trying to, you know, read the tea leaves on this, right. Uh, that it's, it's a black kit this year. People are yeah. hoping it's a black kit. And we have gotten official word from Minnesota United that the new kit drop will be February 18th. Will it be leaked by the time this episode airs? Who knows. Uh but always an exciting time when, you know, you're kind of coming up on a new kit, obviously a new season. Um that's one of the things people look forward to is what are, what are the new kits going to look like. Um and we've seen some creative ones across the league from Seattle to Philadelphia um you know so there's there's an opportunity that this could be not your normal plain mls kit even though the river kit was pretty plain last year and that would still look good so not saying plain necessarily is bad but i kind of would like to see them try a little bit something different a little bit something next level this time around
1: yeah and you know i think um one thing that i've often heard over the years and to a certain degree i've i've thought myself uh over the years of the different uh, home kits and and to a certain degree the away kits as well have you know, been released by Minnesota United. I think there has been maybe a a criticism that the team um, never quite locked in a visual identity the way a lot of other MLS teams do. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I and to be fair, I think that that that's a little unlucky in the sense that Minnesota entered the league the same time as Atlanta United, who mm. of course extremely locked in hard on a visual identity that worked very well. Yeah. Um. And they've stuck to it to to this day. I mean, I think they've changed a couple details about how they like they do the striping on their kit over the years, but overall, it's the same the same style. Um, so yeah. Minnesota hasn't quite had that with its kits, and uh, it would certainly be interesting to see the team finally kind of find a place to to build that from for the future. Uh, if this kit is dramatically different from the past, that's not them necessarily doing that this year, but maybe they could create a trend that would then develop out over the coming years so uh yeah obviously it's it's fun every time uh, uh, any team has a, a new kit out and certainly minnesota's had some some fun ones to look at over
0: the years um well, even, like, locally dom with with i mean minneapolis city yeah. and ford madison like these are teams with very clear identities right yeah and have have really been successful in establishing those identities and having a culture that rallies around those identities you right. can't say as you mentioned you can't say the same for minnesota united um so to actually lean into something that is already woven into that fabric of the culture the minnesota black and blue right that's literally yeah. one of the ch- that you hear it yeah. every single day. um i i like that i like leaning into that and i like sort of maybe establishing that because it also kind of brings a level of also kind of brings an edge like black and blue you think of like you know um you know, battling and, and, and fighting for what you want. Right. Um, So, you know, that kind of, again, establishes maybe a little bit more to Minnesota United than what we have seen from an identity standpoint prior. So I I hope they lean into this. I hope the kit looks cool and I hope they sort of establish something similar to what Atlanta United has done with like the five stripes. And even, even Atlanta's made some mistakes along the way. The five strings kit wasn't very, wasn't uh, a popular one. So, but at least at the very least, they're making mistakes within the identity that they already have. Yeah. Like their current yeah. identity, they've just gotten maybe a little yeah. bit trying to get too creative to find ways to rally around that identity. Um, where Minnesota one, United one, has sort of just been kind of floating, yeah, floating back yeah. and forth. One thing that just pops in my mind that,
1: and part of it, you, you remind me a little bit of it because you mentioned that the chant. One thing that is kind of maybe good also with the, the tagline change, aside from the fact that it's just clearly a better tagline is uh you know i like the idea that maybe the team is and the the marketing team within the team is uh trying to tap into a little bit of 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 the the fan culture that's already been there for years like you noted i mean i've been hearing black and blue chants at minnesota united dames uh well certainly since 2017 but even before mls uh that's that's an old concept within the the fandom of the team and so I kind of like that, you know, maybe they're trying to, to dig into that a little bit and, of course, revamp it and make it something new. Um, but, you know, my my favorite call of um, of, uh, of of Cal's for, for Minnesota United was 2017, we beat D.C. United at home 4-0. I was actually at the game, but then I watched the highlights later. And when we scored the fourth goal, he said we were beating them black and blue.
0: That's amazing. Like,
1: like I remember – like. That that phrase, there's a lot of just like history of that phrase around the team. So it, mm-hmm. in that sense, it's it's fun that they. Uh, I ha- I imagine they did it on purpose. I imagine they knew what they were doing. That they're playing into in, into all of that, um, not just because it sounds cooler than L- Luna Soda, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, okay. But but also again that that it has something that the fans already know. It's new, but you already know it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I like that. Yeah, so we will find out sometime between now and February 18th uh, what that new kit is going to look like. And speaking of kits, a little bit later on in the show, after our interview with Mike, we are going to run through our top four Minnesota United kits, or excuse me, Minnesota soccer kits of the past. Now, we're not going to be going through Minneapolis City, and we're not going to be going through Ford Madison, even though Ford Madison isn't Minnesota. They're kind of tied to Minnesota. We're not going to be going through through lower league minnesota except minnesota united with prior to 2017 right so i know it's a little confusing but just bear with us (laughs) you'll understand when we get to the top four top four uh kids of minnesota soccer past uh coming your way a little bit later on all right. So, um, one last thing on the uh, Minnesota United related front before we switch gears. And this isn't necessarily Minnesota United related, but it is related to Allianz Field. Uh, we got a World Cup qualifier coming up, Dom, at Allianz on February 2nd. Now, everybody's been speculating what the weather is going to be. Well, we have finally reached that sort of threshold where we can see the 14 day forecast. And February 2nd is in that 14 day forecast. So, we at least have a projection. On what the weather is going to be and again this will probably change a billion times over between now and then i think you have to get within like i think they say within like three or four days to really know have a good idea but as of now it says on february 2nd in st paul high of 20 degrees fahrenheit low of 11 degrees fahrenheit which temperature wise not bad right relative to what it could be yeah. Relative to what it could be. That's not bad. That's doable. That's survivable. You're not going to get frostbite if you bundle up properly in that weather. Um, that, but 60% chance of snow. I mean, here's my thing, Dom. It it almost has to. Yeah. I would much rather, we need to get one or the other. We either need to get um, polar vortex cold or... We need to get snow. It's got to be yeah. one of the two in order to really, really establish that advantage that the the reason why they booked a damn qualifier in St. Paul, Minnesota on in early February. So I will take the snow over the polar vortex any day of the week. Like, no, they, yeah, absolutely. They, should just, they shouldn't even bring a white ball. They should just bring the orange balls. You don't even need the whites. Just bring the oranges. Oh, yeah oh yeah even if it's even if it's clear even if it's 25 degrees and sunny they should still be playing with an orange ball that's my that's my oh no, yeah my, absolutely my, i i love i love
1: the orange ones i i i have great positive memories of watching one go into the back of our net six times when atlanta came for the <laughs> for the opener in 2017 uh but uh no yeah i mean uh i would rather i'm not i don't expect that i'll be at the game but if i were going to be at the game i i uh would rather sit in snow than actual sub zero temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I sat in the snow for, for that, that Atlanta game, and that was okay. It was cold, but it was okay. Uh that was an open, that was like an open air stadium. So I don't know how different that would be in, in Allianz. But anyway, yeah, uh, I feel really bad for the Honduras squad that has to come play that game. <laughs> But yeah. it's it's smart thinking from the, I mean, you know, yeah, you're using the advantage that Canada did it against uh, Mexico uh, last window or the window before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it's also, you know, probably worth bearing in mind that Honduras are bottom of the, uh, the uh, octagon. Uh, mm-hmm. They're doing quite poorly. So it is kind of a good one-two punch of the weather will be on the U.S. side, but also the team they're playing realistically is not doing very well um so yeah it should be interesting uh snow snow soccer is always fun to watch it's always it's kind of like uh marsh mar, wet marshy soccer where the ball yep. moves very strangely or not at all and
0: uh yeah it should, should make for a fun time i'm hoping we get some sort of whether it's snow or whether it is like single digit temperatures I'm ho- i'm i'm kind of hoping we get one of those so that way i can snag cheap resale tickets
1: (laughs) yeah that's a good
0: point (laughs) the market will be better i will i'm i'm planning basically day of to be checking the resale market and see what those prices are and if it's less than a certain i have a certain dollar amount in my mind i'm not going to tell you what that dollar amount is a certain (laughs) dollar amount in my mind if i can find a ticket for less than that i'm going to buy it and i'm going to go but I feel like in order to get myself the best advantage, we need some sort of weather that's going to, uh, convince someone to sell their ticket on the cheap on like, you know, one of those resale sites. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but yes, February 2nd is less than two weeks away. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy to think about. And, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting either way, uh, no matter what, no matter what happens. Okay. Um, let's switch gears. And talk about uh, USL League 2. So this is interesting. So they released their um, conference and division alignments. And there is a new division in the, um, I guess, the central conference, the central region. There's a new division. And it is called the the Far North, the, the Deep North. The Deep North Division, which is perfect. It's the perfect name for uh, a division that Minneapolis city is in um, and St. Croix and this, that Minnesota teams are in in general. So there are six teams in this division. It's Minneapolis city, St. Croix, Des Moines, FC Manitoba. So we get some international flavor there up in Canada, uh, Peoria city, which is actually is not too far from my hometown about an hour and a half from my hometown in Illinois. So that's kind of exciting for me. And then the Thunder Bay chill. Which I believe that's in Michigan. Not one hundred percent sure. So, no, 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 that's Canada. Oh, that's Canada too. Yeah, okay, that's just over the border from like Duluth. up. Yeah. Okay, so two Canadian teams, one yeah. from Illinois, one from Iowa, two from Minnesota. Uh, in this uh, in this division, um, obviously Des Moines Menace. They are the defending USL two um, national champs. Um, so huge, huge um, competition within that division, right off the bat. Going to be a great little derby there between Minneapolis City and Des Moines. Um, Then you also have the other local club entering their first season in USL2 with St. Croix as well. Um, And they're still sort of uh, looking for a new name, or St. Croix. Um, Similar to the uh, Minnesota women's soccer team, they sort of fielded fielded name uh, options from the community and are sorting through those right now. So that's pretty cool. Um, But one of the big things to come out of this is that the green Bay Voyagers who are, you know, green Bay, Wisconsin. So they they would be in the central region, the central conference. Um, they've been in USL league Two for the last couple of years, they were not listed at all in, uh, in this release. And, uh, it's leading to speculation about their future as a club. And if you look on social media, it's been kind of radio silence since November. And, um, so there's a little bit of, uh, you know, what's going on here? Are they folding? Are they joining a new league? What's happening? Um, And so Big Top Sports is the ownership group that owns the Green Bay Voyagers. They're also the ownership group that owns Ford Madison. So Ford Madison COO Connor Calloya, um, is also kind of the COO or holds a similar role with Green Bay. And he had mentioned that um, in Wisconsin, so- Wisconsin Soccer Central on Twitter, I was the one who put this out, that he will have an announcement regarding Green Bay's future next week. So interesting stuff here. Um, A knowing exactly who Minneapolis City and St. Croix are going to go toe to toe with in their division, but also the news or lack of news there on Green Bay and their future.
1: Yeah, the the Green Bay situation is interesting, and, and hopefully whatever comes of that is is good in some sense. I, I know I had you know seen some um, additional tweets or reporting from. Uh, Wisconsin Soccer Central, and I think also uh, Rob, friend of the show, uh, was was part of this mix of tweets as well. Um, just that they were under the impression that the team had not been shopping to move to any of the other notable um, upper level amateur leagues, but
0: yeah, there's you know, no, there's no news or no indication yeah. that they're moving toward in PSL, UPSL, Midwest right. Premier League, you know, anything like that. But it right. doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just not on the sure. radar. Sure, sure, um, right right who you know they could be doing a
1: very good job of keeping things on their wraps and we might just not know um obviously because of where forward madison is in the pyramid i would i would be incredibly surprised if they went anywhere upwards of where they already were so um if they are continuing they would surely be at a a, a level similar to usl League 2 uh but yeah you know i, I would i would hope that something positive comes of it obviously you want uh, as many communities as possible to have access to a solid level of of soccer and that's a area that does not have um much of that obviously it's very famous for its nfl team but otherwise it's a pretty dry area for for high level sports so um yeah well we'll see uh it's a a shame maybe just that that conference won't have a wisconsin presence because that's basically Mm -hmm. every other dot in the area in there um But uh, but yeah, as to the uh, initial point about what, what was announced, uh, yeah, that's an exciting bunch. I mean, we, we kind of expected some of that already of who was going to be there, but certainly uh, a good batch of teams for, for Minneapolis City and, and also St. Croix to, uh, to be dealing with during their, their first year in USL League too. Obviously, you have a, a titan team like Des Moines. You have some international trips that you're going to be doing. That's the, a fun experience that's going to be new for a lot of the the players and, and the teams taking part. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not familiar with um, Paroya. I think they're new to the conference, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure that they'll be a, a fun addition as well. And I'm sure that uh, there'll be there'll be some interesting trips there. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all benefits the, the Minnesota soccer scene. I'm interested to see how St. Croix does. Kind of an unknown entity jumping into this. Uh, but like you you noted earlier, Probably what everyone's going to be looking for in this conference is just the fact that you have a sort of an NPSL powerhouse with Minneapolis City going up against a pretty undeniable USL League 2 powerhouse with Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's going to result in some very interesting matches.
0: For sure, for sure. So more information on the Green Bay thing as, as, we, as we move forward. And um, I, I believe the USL League 2 season last year began in mid-May. Um, so if that takes, if that happens, or you know, if anything, I imagine that the the season would start a little bit earlier, um, than it did last year, coming off of COVID and everything. Um, you know, we're probably about four and a half months, or excuse me, three and a half months away from that season kicking off, which is really exciting to think about. <clears throat> Staying within USL, but moving over to the USLW League, we have an official name and crest for Minnesota Women's Soccer Supporters Group, and it's MN Re- uh, and now I I looked at the uh pronunciation on this. They actually posted the pronunciation of this on their Twitter account at MN on Twitter. It's Revontulet. It's uh it's French. So um <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have that supporters culture sort of already starting to yeah. be established four months before the season even starts. Um and on top of that, it's um kind of A very professional look like very good graphic design very good branding here similar to what we've seen with the minnesota women's soccer options um and something that will go i think very very will pair very very well with whatever the uh the actual name and branding ends up being for minnesota women's soccer from the three finalists that we have so really really cool stuff yeah, it's funny that note just there that
1: you made. Uh, if you had done a little time travel and presented me that badge and maybe even the name, and just say like, "Oh, this is an option for the team," I, I probably would have believed you. <laughs> it looks pretty yeah, good. I absolutely. mean, it has a good—I uh, don't know—has a has a good design to it. The name, I don't know what that word means, but it sounds nice. And uh, you know, I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I applaud the. Uh, the, uh, marketing and design skills, but, but yeah, uh, it's, it's great to see that there's going to be a active supporter base pretty early on for the team. Obviously we'll see how that develops and how, you know, how that looks day one in terms of playing and and in the future seasons. But, uh, you know, if there's anything that's particularly, um, worth applause about Minnesota soccer, I, I would say that it's, you know, fans really show up at, at all kinds of levels for, for teams in the state, uh, college level, NPSL level, you know, Minnesota United, of course. And uh, there's a lot of great fan bases across across the state. So, of course, this team being um, more or less, you know, in that Twin Cities area, that's where you got the heart of Dark Clouds and True North Elite and the Citizens mm-hmm. and all, all, all these different groups. So, yeah, it only made sense that any of those folks that might be interested then in supporting a, a women's team that they jump on board, board with this and and uh, hopefully they bring more of that passion to the the game day experience
0: yeah just really really cool i mean the the bar has sort of been set with what minneapolis city brings to the uh to the table with their supporters group <clears throat> obviously you have minnesota united their supporters group very very established obviously so i mean the bar is there and it also underscores the fact that you really do Need a supporters group to help thrive with your team, right? I mean, we we heard it during the pandemic. All these professional clubs said we're we're nothing without our supporters, and that's the same at every single level. Even we were talking about Saint Croix. We talked about how important it is that they establish a supporters culture, right? Yeah. So absolutely, you know, the fact that we're starting to get one established four months before they even take the field. really cool, um, really excited to see where that can go uh, moving forward and how how um how much they can sort of make an impact alongside uh, Minnesota women's soccer and the team that they'll be obviously um, supporting. so uh, more to come there obviously um and we will move on to something that we've been remiss um that we haven't mentioned uh, on the podcast over the last few weeks. <clears throat> And that has been the Lower League E-Cup. The 2022 version of the E-Cup is well underway. All the usual suspects locally are involved for Madison, Minneapolis City, Dynamo St. Cloud, Flora, Spam FC, Bateau FC, all represented. They're still in the group stage in all divisions. um, At Lower League E-Cup on Twitter for all the info. You can watch all the matches on Twitch, which I think is the funnest part. You have Minneapolis city. The guys actually do it like an actual game broadcast, which is really cool. Um, Ford Madison. They're starting to sort of do the same thing uh, with some graphics in their in their stream as well. So um, really, really cool stuff. It's really been cool to see the evolution of this E cup as well. Started in the middle of the pandemic in may of 2020. Now it's in its third run. It's just, it's just amazing to see this thing grow to what it's become and really is kind of a, a community event for lower league soccer as a whole bringing all these clubs from you know coast to coast together to play some FIFA which is cool
1: yeah I, I I still have very fond memories of uh I guess it would have been the the 2020 the uh uh sort of founding edition of of the E-Cup because particularly for there are some some USL entities that take, take part but uh, a huge part of it of course is uh amateur teams MPSL, UPSL or uh, yeah, UPSL uh teams, uh, USL League 2 teams. And I remember in 2020, of course, when the, the pandemic happened pretty quickly, most of the people around the amateur game put together that while the USL and MLS were figuring out how to get back to the, the pitch and, and play some form of their season, uh, I think we all pretty quickly realized none of our seasons were going to happen at all. And uh the, the E Cup very quickly became a way for a lot of fan bases and even a lot of uh, staff members and and players. There were actually some teams that were uh, fe- played in the E Cup by actual players as well. Uh, but it very quickly became a way to, to to support the teams and feel like something was still happening that summer. That uh, this you know tradition that a lot of us have formed around our teams was still alive, and there was still a way for for us to be a part of each other's lives. And uh, it was really fun. And and I watched tons and tons of. Of games, Duluth games, but also uh, other teams, and uh, so it's great that they're continuing to keep that going. And uh, you know, there is the factor, of course, that that COVID is still affecting some of those seasons. But just in general, I mean, it shouldn't need to be a disease out there to 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 make us have fun uh, <laughs> with video games. So <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like the idea that as long as people are interested, they're going to just kind of keep finding ways to do it and and see where mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, so yeah, uh, if 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 you're out there, if you like FIFA, if you like watching gaming at all, or even if you don't, maybe you just like watching soccer, but maybe you don't have anything to do at the right time of the night. Give it a give it a check. It's fun. Uh, sometimes they bring like commentation teams from from yeah. uh, from team. I know the Minneapolis City commentary crew have, have done some, and and I'm sure others as well. So you know, it's it's just a fun uh, fun kind of corner of that lower league community that uh, has grown a, a lot
0: in the, just the last two years. <clears throat> Yeah, and you know, in in May of 2020, it really, it really sort of filled a void um, that we, that we, you know, we weren't really getting sports in general. So, at the very least, we were getting video game sports. (laughs) But now, even with regular sports back, regular soccer back in full force, this thing is still expanding and growing, which is really cool to see. So, huge shout out to Joe Meyer. My voice is going. I apologize for that. Um, huge that shout out! to Emotional Joe. about the E cup. I know. I'm <laughs> over here. Uh, huge shout out to Joe Meyer and everyone involved at the, at the lower league E cup. Um, go check it out and go support it if you can. All right, Dom, I'm gonna go get some water and give you the floor here. Okay. Um, you uh, you have something going on with the uh, No Place Like Home magazine. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um, this is just kind of a quick quick thing I wanted to to tease, I guess, on the podcast, um, which is that a couple listeners might recall, maybe, uh, that uh, a couple uh, issues ago, I wrote a a story for No Place Like Home, which is a a magazine. They have a website, but it's a magazine mostly based out of Britain that covers various football topics. And I written an article um, about Tim Sass, the, the founder of Duluth FC, because the theme for the issue was divine intervention and I've been, uh, you know, emailed in this list of writers of, you know, do you have any pitches for this? And I said, well, it's not really divine intervention, but I know a priest that owns a soccer team and that feels somewhat accurate and, and they liked the idea. And then I wrote that article that was maybe two issues ago. And uh, point being, uh, talk to them again and, and I'm gonna be writing for the, the upcoming issue. And I I don't wanna go in too much detail only cause I don't know uh, how much they want story uh story concepts put out before the magazine is out but uh the story i'm gonna be writing for this next issue is is also minnesota related um it's going to be about a, a former guest of the show and uh, someone that i imagine a lot of like lower league minnesota soccer fans will have some familiarity with so just wanted to put that out there um go ahead and give no place like a follow regardless because they're a great uh, great bubble for for football creativity But uh, just keep in mind that uh, upcoming issue is going to have a little taste of Minnesota in it, and I really enjoy writing those kinds of stories for them because the majority of that magazine goes out to people who probably don't even know where Minnesota is, and uh, so I get to kind of spread these stories about amateur teams or youth programs or or all these different things that uh, that you know, frankly, if if you live outside of the Midwest, there's such a little chance of you ever hearing about. So it's just a fun way to to help spread the word about of the great stories you have in the state. So again, uh, that's no place like home and NPLH is also the acronym they use a lot. I think their website actually is NPLH. Um, but yeah, give them a checkout and uh, you can, you know, if you want, go ahead and buy an issue. That has nothing to do with me. Cause they got a lot of great stuff.
0: Dom's also buried in the lead here. Uh, he's a damn good writer and you, and you will enjoy reading what he writes. So, go check out uh, go check out there his prior article for no place like Home, but also keep an eye out for what he's got coming down the pipeline. All right, I got some water dumb. I think my back, my my voice is 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 getting back uh, to 100%. We're not quite there yet. but um, luckily, this interview with Mike is done at another time. so I don't have to try to <laughs> struggle my way through this interview with Mike. Um, you will hear me in full voice hopefully um, throughout this interview. and then afterwards, dom and i will be back and if my voice holds up we will get through our top four minnesota united kits or excuse me minnesota soccer kits in history so check that out after the interview with mike before we get into this week's interview of course as always gotta shout out our good friends stimulusathletic.com is where you want to go and you're going to click that get started button i'm going to walk you through a scenario you are a club It's about four, maybe four or five months away from your lower league season. Maybe we're about nine months away from your college season. And you're wondering who is going to outfit our jerseys this year. Maybe we didn't like the jerseys we had last year. Maybe we just want to up our game for 2022. Where do we go on such short notice? I'll tell you where you go. You go to Stimulus Athletic. Stimulus Athletic provides quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. It's not just game gear, it's that warm-up apparel, it's that off the field apparel, they got backpacks for all your stuff. Um, But the main thing is the excellent jerseys you will have. Now, if you already have a design in mind, maybe you wanna reuse the design you had last year, you have permission to do so, perfect. Stimulus can apply that to their excellent, comfortable, uh, perfect jerseys. But if you don't have a design, guess what? Stimulus has a design team that can help you out, a great design team that can help you out and give you the look you want and you won't break the bank to do it. So here's what you do. You go to StimulusAthletic.com, you click that get started button, you have an initial conversation, you have an initial consultation, maybe after four or five emails, you nail down that design you want. Boom. Perfect. Now you have jerseys for your club. You also have the opportunity to make money for your club to help support your club by selling these jerseys through Stimulus Athletic to your fans, your supporters, your community. You can help support your club and outfit your team at the same time. Maybe you wanna use the money that you make, the profit that you make from these jerseys to your community, maybe you wanna use that money to outweigh the cost that it might cost your team and your players to play for your club this summer. Maybe they can play for your club for free if you sell the jerseys, or maybe you can just use that, take that money and support your community in another way. Either way, you're not just outfitting your club with stimulus, you're giving yourself an opportunity to make more money for your club, to support your club, and giving your community the opportunity to rep your club. Win, 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 win with Stimulus Athletic. Go to Stimulus Athletic. Click that Get Started button. Make sure you let them know Jeremy from 10K sent you. It is interview time. Let's do it. All right. It is now time to welcome in the man behind MNUFC Twitter, the social media guru for the Loons. It's Mr. Mike Shields. Shields, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for coming to the show. Oh,
2: no worries. How are you, Jeremy?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Um, you know, you're somebody that people, a lot of people who follow the loons and a lot of supporters indirectly interact with on a daily basis. Um, yes. so really excited to, to get to know you a little bit better. Um, but before we kind of dive into your background and everything, uh, what's this time of year like for you as we're sort of gearing up for the season, we're about just over a month away from the first match. Um, players are starting to file in to Blaine to the mm-hmm. national sports center. Um, you know. Is this, you know, as you're gearing up, is this as busy as when the season actually gets going? Or is it, does it seem like a little bit of a break? You know, what is, what is this time of year like for you on the social kind of marketing side?
2: Uh, it's actually probably more uh, hectic now than in the season. Cause yep. in the season, it's like we got a game on Saturday or Sunday. And every day of the week, it's kind of like the same. You know what's going on. This is like preseason, like, going to Blaine every day. Also, you know, uh, preparing for the whole year as well. So, like, and this is the shortest off-season ever for MLS, so, like, yeah, it's really, like, no really time to stop. So, like, in the mornings it's like, oh, we're gonna go to Blaine, capture some content, after that, let's process content, and then let's, you know, check on emails, let's talk about, you know, a special night that's gonna happen in, you know, August. It's, like, stuff like that, so it's, like, mm-hmm. I have to so it's like preparing for now, and then if, obviously next week we're going to Florida and whatnot. So like the actual preseason trips, planning for that, then also planning for the actual stuff during the season, you
0: know. And then on top of that, there's this guy Jeremy who wants to interview you for some yeah. podcast. And it's like, where exactly. how, how do I find the time? You know. So <laughs> exactly. it's, I, guess, I totally understand it. <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll try to make this quick and painless for you. Uh, so well, let's actually dive into your background, though. Um, have you always been interested in soccer? Um, And and how did you end up getting involved with with Minnesota United? Uh,
2: Yeah, uh, I played soccer growing up, played in high school. I was a ref in high school, uh, which was, you know, easy money. But it also, you know, people take you seven, you know, intramural boys and girls soccer very seriously. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, that was fun. Um, But yeah, you know, casual observer, I would say. Uh, everyone asked me my EPL team. I really don't have one, but I would say my brother studied abroad in England and got me a Chelsea Shevchenko jersey mm-hmm. and brought it back. And, uh, I was like, so kind of Chelsea, but kind of just kind of like the NBA where I kind of like more like players than, you know, yeah. teams. Say. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, played soccer, watched soccer my whole life.
0: Awesome. And then, uh, getting involved in Minnesota United, how did, how did that, happened i mean was it just sort of a job opening you applied for and and had had you Uh, known about the team prior sort of how how did that happen and when did you actually get involved in minnesota Um, i started
2: um in 2016 still back in the nasl Mm -hmm. um and yeah i just applied i was trying to get a job in sports uh i went to grad school for social media and then during that i inter or i interned at the looks first game penguins which is the ahl the penguins Mm -hmm. um and then after that i did a full year in minor league baseball for the lehigh valley iron pigs which is triple a of the phillies and then after that i was trying to get like a full-time job and you know it's not the easiest thing to do especially back in 2015 (laughs) um where it's not really like it is now but uh this opened up i applied. I saw that like first thing I saw that they were building a stadium, now Allianz Field probably heard of it, um, <laughs> and that it was going to go to MLS eventually. Just didn't know when. So mm. you know I was already in, coming from minor leagues sports, so I was like, let's let's hit up
0: second division, you know, soccer and see how it goes, and then let's hit up MLS. <laughs> Here you are. Uh, yeah. Was there? I mean, what was what was the difference in managing? the the socials then versus now with with mls i mean what's what's the biggest difference in your mind from you know 2016 to 2022
2: um there's a lot more people who follow the team now yeah
0: than, than back then um
2: so there's a lot more eyes on it i feel like there's still a minor league like you can do stuff that you can do in the minor leagues but now mls you can't really do um yeah. um there's a lot more content to be made i guess and mm-hmm. i think what else like um that's probably the biggest deal is that there's more eyes and
0: more followers and more people seeing what you're doing at all times yeah that makes yeah. total sense and obviously being in a being, being in a professional league versus you know a, a second division league there are a little bit more you know more protocols i guess to follow uh, yeah. on the social front there so that makes total mm-hmm. sense um What's it? I mean, you've already kind of walked through a typical day in, in in preseason, but you know, once the season gets started, what's what's sort of a typical typical day like for you? Let's 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 take a match day for example.
2: Day, what's okay. a
0: typical match day like for you on the social front?
2: Uh, match day. So let's just say it's a normal Saturday. Let's. Do you want home or away? Let's do let's do home. Home, okay. Home. Um, I'm a big proponent of not scheduling content like. I I just always feel like I'm going to post something and then like five minutes later, there's going to be something like, I don't know, something super huge historically and it's going to age well. Age, I mean, poorly, I should say. But on game days, I schedule, there's a bunch of stuff. There's the wake up tweets, there's the the hype tweet, there's the emoji one, uh, other stuff that we do for game day content. Mm-hmm. And then usually I get around to the stadium around, if it's a seven o'clock game, probably 3.30, 3, 30, 4, somewhere in there. Now it's kind of maybe a little later. Um, but then I get to the stadium, I'm in the press box and mostly stuff. I'm just sitting on my computer the whole time, uh, taking the photos, getting the videos, I usually have an intern getting cell phone video content. Yeah. So all that stuff sent to me, and then right around six o'clock, that's when it's like, all right, I'm gonna be posting for you know the next three hours straight so yeah. post. And whereas if it's a win, obviously there's more content than there is a loss. So all the stuff got to get all the uh, sponsored content out, uh, and then usually. You know, all the stuff that comes with it, locker room shots, you know, establishing shots of the stadium, um, walk in stuff, all that stuff. And it's just ready to go. And then the game happens and then it's totally non-stop because, you know, the clock doesn't stop in soccer. So you don't really get a break. Exactly. Um, and then whatever happens to the game, we got to figure it out. So it mm-hmm. could be you know, a 4-1 win is a little different than oh. Oh, three loss. So,
0: yeah, for sure. No, that's yeah. totally understandable. Um, th- that's cool. Um, I mean, I- I'm sure. Uh, I- I'm really interested in like the process of of you know something happening on the field, whether it's a highlight or whatever, and then actually getting it out mm-hmm. on social. You, I- I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen it where you know there's there's a goal, um, mm-hmm. and you know within three minutes, it's not necessarily the broadcast highlight, but it's like a sideline like high res mm-hmm. video from you guys mm-hmm. of the goal. I mean, how does mm-hmm. that process work specifically in getting highlight content in game out on yeah. out on the socials like so quickly? So, like, it's like, super impressive yeah. to me. Yeah.
2: Um. So, like I said, we have the intern usually, uh, who's taking our video for that. And my biggest philosophy is like, anybody can take a broadcast video, mm-hmm. but like only so many people can get that video for us. Like only yeah. we can get that. Where or you know people sitting in the front row. Um, But yeah, uh, luckily, Allianz Field has great Wi-Fi that we use Slack to just instantly upload it. And then it's gotten better even this past two, three years that I guess it's only been open three years, but last year or so that we can get it instantly. Sometimes that like it takes a little bit and then sometimes like the wiring could be down, especially with the photos. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a Ricky Bobby quote that says if you ain't first you're last yeah so so (laughs) i think he said
0: social that's for sure
2: so same thing with photos as well we just try to get be the first one out to get that stuff because there's also other photographers usa today um true north elite and dark clouds and all those people all have their own photographers as well so we try to be the first ones to get that out especially if it's that really good shot definitely um
0: who's the most social friendly loon
2: social friendly as in like a social media presence or just like a
0: yeah who's you know willing willing to do stuff you know you can always kind of count on them to gather content um, when you need it most excited to kind of yeah. be featured i guess um there's a lot uh my to is always boxy yeah just because
2: he always usually says yes chase is pretty good <laughs> um Patrick Weah is very good. He loves to do stuff. He, lo- he always is posing uh, for the camera. Yeah, Um, trying to think like um, Adrian Zendejas was very good. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, believe it or not, Fred Emmings. He's always now and I was like, hey, Fred, can you do this for me? He's like, yeah, sure. Shields, I could do that for
0: you. Nice.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably say those guys sometimes depending on what it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So obviously you you work really closely with the team uh for home games. Um, you know, I don't know if you're still traveling if you travel with the team for road matches or if that was more of a pre-pandemic thing, but either way, um, you know, do you have a, a good story on terms either capturing a moment on the pitch or a story mm-hmm. like while traveling with to or from a match with the team or any mm-hmm. sort of behind the scenes type stories um related to your job that that you know are are memorable that you kind of think of when you think of your time with Minnesota United?
2: Yeah, uh, I still travel with the team, um, even in the pandemic as well. One of them I always see my girlfriend always tells me to tell the story of. So we're in Florida last year during preseason, and I was out. Uh, they usually do like pool, like regen sessions and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I was there getting some content. And after it, I just stayed around and I hung out in the hot tub, you know, just to, you know, relax the muscles a little bit. So yep. then in the hot tub is me, Ozzy Alonzo, um, Renoso, um, Agent Zendejas, uh, Saul, who's a back of house guy, um, and one choppy. And for about first 10, 15 minutes, zero English is spoken. And all of a <laughs> sudden, zero English is spoken. And then all of a sudden, Saul turns to me and goes, how old are you? I was like, what? I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm 32. And he's like, and then he talks to one choppy and he's like, oh, once he says you look good for your age. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you must work. Oh, no, sorry. He didn't ask me how he asked me what year I was born. (laughs)
1: Okay.
2: He said, and then I was like, what? I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And he's like, you must take care of yourself. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, by, you know, take care of yourself by like, you know, drinking and, you know, doing the yoga here and there, but yes, I do take care of myself. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate, I needed that to pick me up after, you know, in 2021. Uh, yep. So that that's a, that's a good one. Um, there's a lot of stories from the road just for the last five years of traveling with the team. Uh, probably that one is probably the
0: biggest one. Yeah. I mean, not everyone can say we've had a professional athlete tell us that, that we look fit. So that's, yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. You're in uh you're in uh, in, uh, in rare company there. Yes.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: so obviously when you guys post stuff no matter the platform, you know, mm-hmm. the replies, the comments come in. Mm-hmm. Um some of them are funny, some of them not so much. But what mm-hmm. is there one like reply or comments or maybe a few that, that you've had that just made you like really, really laugh and sort of like mm-hmm. make you know are, are super memorable to you that sort of are, are stuck in your brain that you're like, man, that was that was good.
2: Yeah, uh, there's a few. I someone called me Michelle Bachman once. <laughs> like, who's who's running this Michelle Bachman? That's when I was like, I, I'm like, I want this one framed. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, that was good. On a t-shirt. Yeah, uh that one was good. I'm trying to think. Um someone told me fall off a cliff once. I like that one. Um <laughs> uh some and then those are the first two that come to mind. Michelle Bachman one was the uh, uh, more fake news coming out of Washington when we played D.C. Yeah. And uh, the other one was I may have you know, gotten a little fight with Sidney LaRue back in the day from wow. the team account. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> nice. that one that one as well. Um, but, yeah, those two, just like I have so many on my computer just screenshotted and just, like, sometimes I go look back at them and it's like that pretty good i'm trying to think one not not calling me out and telling me to fall off a cliff yeah probably those two are the top two
0: well i I tell you what there are a lot of uh memorable comments coming in on the facebook page right now uh after the signing of south african striker Mm bangkakuli hongwani um Mm -hmm. there is just sort of like an influx almost like a takeover of the minnesota united facebook page Mm -hmm. uh from people in south africa which is really kind of funny and cool um, when did you first like notice this this influx of commenters and followers and, and interaction start to come in? Was it like right after the signing or did it take instantly, a little bit? Instantly. It yeah. was
2: probably 10-15 minutes in. I was like, whoa, I don't know what's going on, but this is I'm just gonna go South Africans are crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my god, like, what is going on? Because like I start reading it and it started on Twitter and then mm-hmm. I went to Facebook and I was like, Oh, what is going on? And, uh, and like, I didn't know if like, it was an inside joke that I didn't know about or like, cause some of them are like, I don't know what they're talking about, but it's like kind of funny. Um, I don't know if they're serious or not, but then I started going through them. I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty good. Like someone's like, I, you know, I postponed my funeral to, uh, <laughs> all, all Minnesota United or like, um, like. My grandfather was on a deathbed and right before he died, he was like Minnesota United. And I knew from then he was like, I've been a fan since like 1876. Or like, <laughs> like just wild, wild, wild stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite was like uh I'm paraphrasing here, but it was yeah. some may not know this, but Hongwani once scored 14 goals and saved a child from a burning building all in the same <laughs> day. It's like, like that kind of stuff is like it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's it's something like you don't see that much like heart, like if you see a post on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, and you see, you know, 486 comments, uh-huh. you're like, oh no, what did somebody uh-huh. do? Like, you know, yeah. is somebody is somebody getting canceled here, basically, uh-huh. is exactly. the, is the thought. But to see like be like harmless fun. But mm-hmm. From you know people in South Africa, you know excited about this signing and and mm-hmm. sort of playing off it and finding ways to be comedic about it. it it's it's mm-hmm. cool. I, I think yeah. it's kind of a breath of fresh air.
2: Hilarious. And but uh, it's still going too. Like it's, it's still happening going. Every post. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even here yet, and they're like, "Where's photos of him?" And like, there's so many that I can't even keep up. That I'm like, "Hey, like, uh, he's not here yet, guys. Once he's here, I swear, I, I will post a photo of him. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not withholding." You know these photos of him.
0: Yeah, you have to make it your pro. You have to make it the profile picture across I all have, the social yeah. platforms. You
2: know, yeah. one like and
0: we'll make this our profile photo. Boom, oh, love it. Um, so kind of moving on to um, just some general kind of curiosity questions here. So uh, I saw in the replies to the 2022 schedule announcement, you said something to the to the effect of our original announcement video got axed by legal. Yeah. Um, so we had to go with this one. Is that true? <laughs> and if so, what can you tell us about the original it's one? It's actually not as bad
2: as you think it is. <laughs> it's, it's it's just uh we were gonna do uh cards against humanity, uh. but we we're gonna make it Minnesota United, and it was all gonna be passive aggressive, like mm-hmm. cards, and uh they because of uh I always mess with DACA the, everyone's getting sued for using copyright music in yeah. the videos, so like they were like oh we don't want uh target to uh sue us because of that and they there's like you yeah. no, can't do that because Fair of enough. target and because target was the sponsor and they sell uh yeah. cards against humanity um so that's actually what it was so like we just had to pivot real quick um which i think came out pretty good as well but yeah i was right i was writing all the passive aggressive ones for other teams and, and whatnot oh man i can those have to come out someday <laughs> well, before they got i only wrote about a few of them before i got they were like hey you can't do that but yeah yeah i wrote a bunch and then i was like wait no i'm writing these wrong they got to be like minnesota nice passive aggressive for <laughs> some stuff i try to think one off the top of my head of like oh one was a uh, was like uh just for austin it was like most most men by uh Sports cars during the midlife crisis. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey buys um, soccer teams. Soccer, yeah, it's sort <laughs> of been like, so, it like soccer, it
0: like, <laughs> soccer, or
2: been
0: <was> like Austin <laughs> FC. <laughs> it, yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, do do you always have to have sort of like Plan Bs for the, those kind of campaigns in case you can't do your original idea? Is that always something that you have to keep top of mind?
2: uh not really it's just some stuff it was like uh, stuff like that would go against some of our sponsors that you know yeah we want to do like uh, one of them was like uh in the brew hall pk was the bartender and like every beer tap was like a different one a different team and it would just go down the line And it was like we would have to come up with fake ones just for sponsorship stuff <laughs> get like that but yeah um not really um I came up with the Spotify one a few years ago, which actually, you know, yeah, kind of that music stuff kind of came back
0: to us eventually, but
2: I can't talk about that.
0: <laughs> you did, hey, you did the Spotify thing before it was cool. That's I what I'm doing. Spotify yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one yeah. thing we try to
2: do. We try not to like do ideas that other teams have already done. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, we did the Spotify one. And then, you know, I was like, why don't you do Netflix? I was like, because like three other teams have done the Netflix one so far. Yeah.
0: The last yeah, three years. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta find you gotta find original stuff, which I think Minnesota United, you guys do a great job of that. Um, aside from yourselves, who else do you think does a really great job on social media from a soccer standpoint? Like which soccer club, um aside from Minnesota United, do you think has the best social media presence?
2: Um I, I, a lot of them do, like and, and like some of them have are good in their own ways, like like FCD, they're they're really the memes. We don't try to meme that much, but like I like the FCDs um san jose i love san jose's yeah um but then there's the stuff like like sporting's like sporting's like branding and stuff is so good that like even like a few years ago just, like, wow, it was like wow it's like the like the blue and like they had trees and it was like that was like very good um should i think off the top of my head like there's some turnover so like it kind of changes from year to year yeah, no, for sure um, so san jose i always said was good um like i said fcd has always been pretty good um i, think
0: I saw you shout out uh rsls rsl uh, yes
2: rsl uh emma she's actually worked for colorado and then does that and just been so good uh seattle is also Seattle's very good as well
0: yeah
2: um they're they make a credible like original like content that's just on brand and stuff.
0: So yeah, yeah, uh, our our Seattle's as well. Nice. Um, do you guys set any goals, whether it be like, like data benchmarks or more like maybe creative benchmarks every year? And if so, could you maybe share what, what one or two of those are?
2: We just try to stay uh, in engagement rates, uh, in the league. Um, I actually just got them yesterday. Um, so we are top 10 in all top five in Instagram you were number one nice. in Instagram two years ago um so yeah we just try to stay at engagement rates um and I always say that like uh impressions just because like if no one sees your stuff then it doesn't really matter if it's good or not sure. yeah um yeah so because you know, I mean
0: as uh, soccer obviously is growing mm-hmm. in the United States but still mls mm-hmm. soccer clubs are still like it's still almost like a brain awareness play a little mm-hmm. bit too like hey you know, even mm-hmm. though we're not the Timberwolves, we're not the Wild, we're not the Vikings. Like, like we're here, we're cool. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah, for sure. Because like all these other teams, just say for example, the Wild. Mostly, Wild fans. You're not gonna really pick up many more. Like they're kind of born into it. So it just is hockey yeah. in general and more other sports. But now with MLS, soccer's getting bigger and bigger. That like you can get those new fans that you don't usually would get with other sports and what's not and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's a very big opportunity for not just us, but everyone MLS that like, everyone knows the galaxy. Um, does everyone know Austin? Maybe because of McConaughey, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like FC Cincinnati. I'm not sure. I I always say the mom test. Does your mom know what that is? (laughs) That's Um, a good one. The mom. Yeah. The mom test. Uh, it's usually more for, uh, You know athletes but yeah the mom test um so yeah uh i think there's always that opportunity to grow our fan base now just here obviously in south africa um and yeah i think yeah there's always that opportunity with just every now moving new fans as well as you know doing stuff for the fans that have been here for you know decades so to speak
0: yeah uh put you on the spot here Shields, okay, okay? Um, I'm going to ask you an invasive question. All right. uh, do you know what the 2020 the new 22 kit looks like?
2: Uh, just as a concept, I don't know what I haven't seen. I have eyes on it.
0: Give me a, give me an adjective to describe it. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to make you tell me at all what it looks mm-hmm. like. But I give me an adjective to describe it.
2: Um. Fun. Fun. All right. The 2022. <laughs> minute, you know, I'm trying to think of it. the most. You know basic adjective to think of
0: <laughs> all right. right it's fun i like that fun's good fun is fun so uh a mm-hmm. uh, big fan of that be on the lookout mm-hmm. for that um okay. and uh final question for you and this is the most important question this episode okay. is obviously getting retweeted from the minnesota united twitter account right maybe let's see okay <laughs> at, at least at least from your personal account that's all i ask okay
2: all right i don't, I, I don't I don't use my twitter that often
0: you, have, but, a, you yeah. have a great profile picture though you might maybe have one of the best profile pictures of any twitter account i've ever seen you know who that is why don't you why don't you explain it to the to explain for those of you who don't follow you on twitter
2: one is me but it's me from oh, like yeah. nine yeah one is 1990 maybe 1990 is to say the other one's rocket ishmael <laughs> do you remember yeah. him <laughs> yep. yeah he's like, he's like he's like kind of from my hometown and he was at, like, the Little League, so he got a photo. And that's, like, that's when, like, he was supposed to, like, win the Heisman for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, it's me and Rocket Mayo. Good stuff.
0: All right, yeah. Mike Shields, the social yeah. media guru, the man behind Minnesota United, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, responding to all those uh, comments from South Africa right now, taking up a big part of his day, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Appreciate the time, man. This is a fun conversation. Thanks so much.
2: No, no worries. I, I Thank you for having me, you know anytime you want to talk about anything else, wrestling or, you know, the economy, um, star K 97, whatever you want to do, you know,
0: I'll, I'm open for it. need to find a way to work Roman reigns into, uh, into a tweet sometime yeah, during the season. For sure. Uh,
2: we'll try. Star K 97 is a really random deep cut for me, just cause I was a WCW fan, but like, uh, it was a Howard Stern show. And there's the two guys that prank people it's like richard and Sal, i think their name are and this is like they called into a like a this is before like podcast it's like blog internet like blogs and they just like the guys just kept on talking about how awful start so some pay-per-view was coming up and then it's like oh, all yeah, i'm not gonna call star k97 yet but it's looking <laughs> like it. it was a disappointment so every time anytime it's gonna be disappointment, It's like oh this is going to be Star
0: K ninety seven. Oh no! It is one of the more disappointing <laughs> yeah. finishes to a pay per view in the history of wrestling. That's, that's exactly. Sure. Could have been. Could have been so much better. But could, anyways, what, what could have been? What could have been? Anyways, all right. That's enough wrestling yeah. talk. That's enough uh, Minnesota United and social media talk. Mike Shields, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. You can hear me. Take care. All right, big thanks to Mike Shields again, social media guru for Minnesota United. <clears throat> Does a lot of great stuff. I mean, their their, their social media presence for Minnesota United is, is one of the best in MLS, I think. Um, just look at the announcement video that they put out for the 2022 schedule. Very, very well done. Uh, but now, Dom and I are back to talk about the top four. Minnesota, it, it is Minnesota United related, but I actually have one that's not Minnesota United, so just go in like professional Minnesota soccer history. How about that? Yeah, professional, semi professional, because a couple of these were from Minnesota United prior to when they were in MLS, but caveats, yeah. whatever they were paying people, um, <laughs> <laughs> so enough. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so, um. How do you want to do this, Dom? Do we want to, like, do this draft style where we give our number one first, or do we want to go pageant style and go from four to one?
1: Ooh. Um, we, can sh- we can switch it up and do the four to one thing if you want. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Um, Dom, why don't you go first? Just so I understand this. So I'm going to do my four, then you're going to do your four? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, so... My my number four might be slightly controversial, uh, only because I know a lot of people didn't like it. Um, and I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it, but you know, there's a relatively small list of options for this. And I do think it was maybe better than people gave credit for. And that is the uh, 2017 Blue Slash, uh, or Sash rather, uh, kit that Minnesota United wore for its first MLS season. Uh, it was not particularly well-received. It is admittedly a very straightforward kit, but at the time I, I liked it actually, and I still like, I actually own one, and I, I actually still think it, it looks quite nice in, in the spread of MLS kits. And I, I do think mm-hmm. it suffered greatly from following the beloved kits of the late NASL era that were admittedly often better. But, uh you know there was this obviously this shift the adidas deal with mls it's a it's kind of a new pathway and i actually think this was a, a very simplistic but nice start to that journey so it's my fourth it's by no means my favorite there's problems with it but i'm going to give it kind of an honorable mention at the bottom of my list
0: all right so my number four is another one that i i mean this was not as as poorly received as the blue sash but i don't remember too many people saying how much they liked it but i thought it was really sharp uh the 2018-19 uh gray kit with the vertical stripes um i i really really like that kit um they were during the 2019 season um it was their home kit for majority of the year or for, for the year excuse me um and I don't know. It was it was just a good look. The stripes looked really nice. Um, this is clean. I mean, it wasn't like too flashy, but it was just a very nice, clean looking kit. Which <clears throat> at MLS for most clubs, that's about as good as you can ask for. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll, teaser. It's later on my list.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I like that one as well. Um, my third is uh, is the uh, River kit from twenty twenty one. I believe. You mentioned it earlier, actually, in uh, one of our conversations, um, and that it was sort of an all blue, but then all the all the decal areas were black. The target symbol, the the uh, sleeve cuffs and all the collar was black. Um, kind of, and it kind of fulfilled that spot that for a lot of MLS teams, their white kids do. It was kind of that one tone with the the colored edges. Um I, you know, it's not the most amazing thing ever, but I, I I actually thought it worked really well for what it was, which again was that kind of simplistic um, one color kit that sometimes people are upset mm-hmm. with MLS about. I thought this was a good example of that, and uh, in a way, it was the first time the team kind of went for like a black and blue style. Um, and uh, you know, it, it looked actually I I think it didn't necessarily look its best just in normal situations. I actually think worn on the on the pitch is when it looked best i thought it actually looked very good Agreed. In so right. in, in that sense kudos to whoever came up with that but um yeah i i thought it was really nice i i'd like they tried to put some theme into it that fit the state uh, the you know sometimes the whole like oh well the decals actually blah blah, blah. sometimes it doesn't necessarily <laughs> you can't really see as mm-hmm. much of that as i think they want you to but you know it, again it was very nice it was simplistic kind of like with the the, the sash kit i was talking about before but I thought, it, I thought it hit the nail.
0: And going back to, like, we were talking about the identity of the team earlier, Dom. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, you see how the supporters, like, embraced just the fact that it was a black and blue kit, right? Right, we, right. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't super design heavy. Just a plain blue kit with a black outline. And people loved it. And if there was any, right. er, ever any doubt that that's, like, the identity of this team, I think it was taken away Uh, That doubt was taken away with the way the supporters really, really kind of embraced that kit. So, yeah, it was a good one, too. Uh, My number three is also a 2021 kit. Um, But I'm going, I'm throwing kind of a curveball into this one Um, because this is just more of a personal preference here. I don't know how other people thought about this, but the pink goalkeeper kit in 2021 was A+. plus. It had a great little uh, pattern on it. It was almost like the, um, I don't know, like the, like, a, like a, almost like a, a mil, like a army esque pattern, mm-hmm. but it was pink. And it was, it, it looked awesome. Like it looked really, it looked really good. Like the Target logo looked good. Like it worked with the Target logo too. Um, really cool kit. Like I really like that kit. Um, it stood out to me when I first saw it. Um, so I'm going to go with that for my number three. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I had seen
1: that you had noted that one for this, and I didn't quite remember what we were talking about, but then I ended up on the the store page just as I was looking through things to make sure I kind of had a fresh memory for this. And then it was on there, and I was like, oh, I, I forgot that existed, but that looks great. Yeah. And especially goalkeeper kits can sometimes be a bit of a mess. So, uh, yeah, it's actually very good. Um, my number two is going to be the previously mentioned gray stripe uh, kit that was used in 2018 and uh, 2019. I really liked this kit uh you know jeremy mentioned the the reception was kind of mixed um and i think maybe part of that was that people were expecting maybe for that year to be like where they switched to maybe like a wing kit throwback or something yep. uh, which sure. i understand but the the i i actually thought that this kit had a really nice look to it you know again we we through this segment and the before when we were talking about the potential new kit we we're talking about brand you know creating a visual identity and all these things. And I actually thought this kit had what it took to potentially start that. Um, especially because the, the 2017 kit kind of felt like it was not going to contribute to that at all. It kind of felt like that wasn't the, the blue sash and blah, 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 was not mm-hmm. really a long-term plan. This felt like, Oh, okay. They're going to go for this sort of like neutral stripe thing, different grays and uh, throwing a little bit of black and the trims and blah, but you know, i thought that the the target logo worked pretty well with it uh kind of had a whole geometric thing going on with Mm -hmm. all different shapes on there i actually just thought it looked really good i thought it looked good on the players i i thought it looked pretty solid just in day-to-day life um but obviously they decided to not stick with it long term as like a a design style but uh yeah it's it's my my second one I, i thought it was Actually, well, now that I look at my list, I think of all the Minnesota United kits that have happened in MLS. I think it's the one that I uh, I like the most.
0: So, um, yeah, kudos. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, good one. that We both agree on. Um, for my number two, I am turning the clock way back here. Now, I was I, I do not pre- I'm not going to pretend to know what this act this kid actually looked like when it was being worn on the pitch in 1977 but i've seen some old like newspaper photos i've seen the kit like on on like sale and like resale websites or on like classic football shirts websites it looks good there so i'm pretty confident in sticking with this with my number two 1977 minnesota kicks orange kit now if you don't know what i'm talking about Look this up, 1977 Minnesota Ki- Minnesota Kicks kit. It's orange. It's got a collar. It's it's just cool. Like it's vintage. It's very cool. Like I would almost love to see if you know how like the NBA they do those like throwback jerseys. Like I would love to see for like one match Minnesota United wear like do like a throwback to like Minnesota Kicks kit. For like oh, one yeah. night, you know, change their all their branding for they wouldn't get one match, social media, whatever, and make this the one because I I don't know. It just it, it's it's cool. It's a cool old vintage Minnesota soccer kit um, that I don't know. I think I might go buy it after I'm done talking about it because it looks so
1: cool. It is. It's actually a really one. You know, it, it is like painfully NASL original nsl with like the numbers on both sides and like the badge is just like this giant thing on the but and the colors of course are perhaps slightly dated for modern design but um i think it works really well uh i think it looks really good obviously for it for its time it, it fit more but uh like you said i would actually love for um for minnesota united or or some other you know through mls or whatever for uh some sort of throwback kit, at least just using those colors, even just as a reference. Uh, that would be really cool. Cause I actually think, I mean, blue and orange work pretty well together. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: I don't think that that's what that, that is that wild of a reach. Um, you know, they could potentially use a different ver- version of those two colors that maybe they thought fit the team more, whatever, you know, but um, yeah, I really liked it. And I actually really like that the NFL does that throwback, um, uh, throwback jersey thing for their games I, i've always really enjoyed that seeing what my teams used to used to look like so i actually think that'd be a great idea
0: for for all the MLS teams that have some sort of history to them but uh yeah, but yeah. i mean every every sport every other professional sport does it right you see in the nba you see in the nfl you yeah, see it in the NHL, you see it in major league baseball like you see them kind of uh pay homage to the past right whether it's right. you know um, like an old school logo of that team or whether that team has maybe moved from a different city and used to be named something completely different right. then they'll, they'll go back and even like wear those jerseys too and it's a good marketing play too it gives you a whole nother jersey and a yeah. whole other like set of branding to sell to your customer base too um, so it makes total sense across the board i wish mls would sort of embrace that a little bit
1: Yeah. Obviously there's the, there's the competition of course, that they're doing throwbacks to a separate lead. And I know there's some probably barriers with all that. But anyways, yeah, it would be interesting to see them try to do it. Um, Yeah. Uh, My number one uh, is uh, probably the one everyone anticipated both of us (laughs) choosing for number one, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's because it's the obvious choice, which is uh, I think we both ended up narrowing down to 2015. I'm, not sure. I think they actually there might be two years of the wing kit from the NASL, but um, we're going with the 2015 NASO wing kit from Minnesota United, uh, which you know is forever remembered by the fan base as this this classic top that uh, a lot of the you know fan favorite players of old time have worn, the Christian Ramirez, is the Miguel Ibarra's, mm-hmm. um, and and that's part of I think the the mysticism around that kit is is of course the people that wore it and when they wore it. But it also looks fantastic, and uh, it's you know this this throwback. that The company that made it um, in Inia, in- I think is how you pronounce it. So it you know it doesn't have that Adidas touch to it, which in a theory is a bad thing, but it it, it kind of helps make this nostalgia around it. And it has the mm. atomic data thing on the back, uh, the old sponsorship, um, and of course you know of course just the reference to the badge, which has always been one of the best parts of the team. And yeah, it, it's just such a great look, and it's kind of timeless. And unfortunately, I know this is a top four uh, list, but I have to kind of note the elephant in the room, which is that when they tried to redo it, uh, in what was it, twenty twenty? I don't think it ended up working very well. We don't need to go into why, but but I, you know, there's something about this specific instance of this this design idea that just worked so well. Yeah, in a, in a way that almost seems hard to repeat, uh, which is too yeah. bad. But again, that maybe emphasizes just how how spot on this one was.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's unbeatable. I mean it's it's, the Athletic did a top soccer kits of the twenty tens list uh, a couple of years back, and I believe they narrowed it down to to twenty, I believe, and that was on the list. Like that's that's how good. That's how good this, this kit is. Um, I saw somebody posted a link on Twitter. This is like over the summer, um, that some website was like selling these. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it was grant from the dummy run podcast actually who posted the link. And so I was so excited because I've been wanting to get my hands on one of these for a long time. I clicked it and I was heartbroken to find that only smalls and mediums were in stock. I'm six foot six. I couldn't I could not make a small or even a medium work, even if I wanted to. I was tempted to try, but uh yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's the odds on it's the best kit in Minnesota soccer history. will probably forever be the best kit in Minnesota soccer history, unless um maybe we sort of go down a road where the the Philadelphia and the Seattle influence will sort of you know, the LA Galaxy had a really good third kit last year, too. Um, maybe that will start to expand across the league and these clubs will start to get more freedom and maybe something creative will come out of it that will maybe give this wing kit a run for its money. But as of right now, it's far and away, number one. And I think 95% of Minnesota soccer fans, supporters, historians would, would agree with that.
1: For for sure. And and again, it's, you know, one, the kit looks great, but then it, it, it holds such a perfect place in the history of, of, of the game in the state because of when it was worn and who was wearing it. I mean, so many of these names now that are forever going to be these like eternal symbols of Minnesota United, especially from that early era, all wore this, this kit. And there's, you know, obviously memories and photos and videos of them out there doing that. Um, it's just kind of that perfect time, perfect place thing for, for that design meeting history. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure at some point there'll be some great stuff that, that edges over it someday, but it's, it's, it's a hard hill to climb
0: for sure. All right. That will do it for this week's episode of 10 K big thanks to Mike shields, Minnesota United social media guy for joining the show this week. Uh big thanks to our sponsor stimulus athletic. Big thanks to all of you for listening and supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Remember subscribe great review and follow us on twitter at 10k pitches till next week i'm jeremy he's dominic this is 10k we'll catch